Welcome to Mission Impact, the podcast for progressive nonprofit leaders who want to build a better world without becoming a martyr to the cause. I'm Carol Hamilton, your host and nonprofit consultant. On this podcast, we explore how to make your organization more effective and innovative. We dig into how to build organizational cultures where your work in the world is aligned with how you work together as staff, board members, and volunteers, all for the purpose of creating greater mission impact. Carol Vernon is a certified executive coach and principal of Communication Matters, an executive coaching firm that helps leaders and teams elevate their executive presence and communication skills in order to grow their impact. Carol was inspired to start Communication Matters after years of observing that doing your job well isn't enough. Without executive presence and the ability to communicate effectively with diverse stakeholders, leaders cannot achieve their full potential or achieve the results they seek. Previously, Carol was the Senior Communications Director at the National Cable and Television Association, as well as Acting Executive Director of the Cable Industries Education Foundation, with both people management and budget responsibilities. Prior to that, she worked on Capitol Hill and on more than a dozen political campaigns. Welcome to Episode 9 of the Mission Impact Podcast. Carol Vernon and I had a great conversation about communication, something so key to how organizations and teams operate. She explains four typical communication styles and why leaders need to be mindful of each when they communicate with others. We touch on what shows up in communications now that so many teams are working remotely, why it is so key to avoid assumptions as you work remotely, and why having a conversation with your teammates, colleagues, and volunteers about your communication norms is even more important now than it was in the past. We also consider how people can keep networking even while face-to-face events are canceled. So welcome, Carol. Thank you. Glad to be here. So just to get started and to give people some context, what drew you to this work? What, how, how would you describe your journey? I worked in associations, nonprofits, and in the political world for, for quite some time. I always loved the work I did. Um, I always you know, very much focused on getting it done um, and eventually observed how you get it done matters oftentimes just as much as getting it done. So I, I started looking at how leaders were focusing on the how and wanted to start working with other leaders on that. And in that, how you focus in particularly on communications. Often when something isn't working in an organization, as an organization development consultant, I often hear people say, well, you know, communications just isn't working. What, what would you say makes communications challenging within organizations? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, we are all different people. We, we as a society, thrive on uh, and can celebrate differences on many levels. But we, we forget the fact that communication is a big part of who we are, and we communicate differently. Each of us has preferences, and we have the ability to, to play with our preferences a bit, if you will, adapt them to other people's styles, but we often don't do it. Teams often, you know, like we know we communicate in different ways. We have you know, gender differences, cultural differences, uh, all kinds of differences uh, in, in terms of how we, we show up and it impacts the way we communicate with each other, which impacts our ability to work together. Can you say a little bit more about those communication preferences? Are there some common things that you see show up in terms of the way people approach communications? Or, and they, they're probably not even thinking about it. It's not necessarily something that they're particularly aware of. Absolutely. Again, communication preferences are something to some degree, to some degree, they're hardwired. We're born with them. Just like you know, we're born with a certain the per- personality preference types right? We have different. Some of us are more introverted 
Some of us are more extroverted. We have a communication preference. Some of us tend to be very direct, very to the point. Um, we don't need to meet face-to-face. We're fine right now in the, in the remote work world. We're pretty comfortable with that. Sometimes we'll say that's more a masculine communication style. Not that it's only for men. Lots of us, you know, Carol, you or I may have very much a masculine to the point communication style. So there's some people who have very direct to the point style. Can they shift it? You bet they can. Can they adapt? adapt it to talk to somebody who has a more traditional. When you use the word feminine, again, does not mean that, you know, speaking to you as a woman, but we tend to be more people focused. We're listening for how's that going to impact somebody. A real direct communication mm, might not meet our needs because we're going to listen more for how's that going to impact me or how's that going to impact my colleagues or my team or my organization. We're listening more for the people part. There's some of us who have more of a preference for the details. We're listening for the real detailed piece. So a communication style here, neither a feminine or a masculine style, but rather just a preference for more more detailed, more systematic, more how kind of communication style. And then there's some of us who have more of that style of, I call it a why style. We're listening for the big picture. Why are we doing it this way? Not because we don't think it's a good way. We just want to hear different things. We communicate differently. Again, some of us are very much what? Right to the point, direct. Some of us are how? Give me all the details, systematic. Some of us are who? How does it impact me? Who's involved? What's Who's going to be impacted by what happens here? And some of us are why? Why are we doing it this way? Not to derail it, but I just want to look, step back. I want to look at the big picture. Give me time to process. And it's interesting thinking about those as a individual communication preferences, you know, and some are really more preferred in our culture, in the American culture than others. I think uh, the the direct communication style mm. is definitely preferred and getting to the point, uh, just do it, all those kinds of things. And in other cultures, you know, it's the exact opposite where, you know, it's people first. And if you haven't taken the time to do some small talk, ask me about my family, ask me mm. about how my weekend went, uh, that's considered rude. You bet. That, that You bet. Different Every organization has its own culture, as but obviously every society, uh, all these pieces lay on top of the, the crucial part of communicating, which in the world we're living in today, you know, this is how we're collaborating. It's all about how we're, you know, how, how are we communicating? And as we're working now remotely, what do you think is really important for leaders to consider as they consider their, their executive presence in a virtual mm-hmm. world? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, t- we're using the, the, the term right now, the idea of sort of digital body language or digital communications, really being able to, to, to step back and like, it's not just about camera angles. Hey, we're on Zoom and we got to make sure our camera angle looks good. It's really, it's so much more more than that. Digital communications in the, in the remote world is just ripe for misunderstanding. It's just ripe. There's so much here that we're not going to not going to be able to, to see where if I were sitting across from you, I'd get a better sense of your mindset. I would know what you're thinking. I'd be able to pick up more on it. So it, the, it, it's ripe right now for, for miscommunication. In fact, even you know a whole lot more you know, what, what could ultimately lead to conflict between individual leaders, between teams, between whole organizations. You know, in in the virtual world, uh, or on, you know, doing online meetings, working collaboratively, working remotely, you know, I think sometimes 
when we were face to face, people could assume that they knew kind of what the other person was thinking, or, you know, they might get, they might pick up on a vibe from them and they might be right about that and they might be wrong. And so in some ways, now that we're forced to work remotely, one of the things that could kind of invite people to do is to actually slow down, check their assumptions, ask more questions, you know, check in with people more often so that they're they're getting a, actually getting a fuller picture of how folks are feeling, how is it going for them, their work, et cetera. Carol, that, that's a great point. There's a lot of opportunity right now, you know, in terms of the the, the world we're, we're you know, the world we're in, in terms of digital communications. Yes, the question around the idea of presence, and I think having a strong presence in the digital space is a lot about respect, a lot about trust. How do we show that in the digital space? Um, it, you know, kind of have have to do with the speed in which we respond to something. Um, it, it could be everything from you know, who do we CC on that communication. Uh, there's so many pieces about having a strong presence offers a lot of opportunities for us to build more trust, to um, be more clear, in, in this case, um, sort of short uh, messages are not always the clearest messages. Um, brevity could lead to a lot of confusion. Having a strong presence in the digital space is about, again, so much more than how we're showing up on camera. It's all the parts of communications. It's our words. It's our voice. And we have to think about those coming through in the different in different uh, ways in which we're, you know, w- which we are communicating right now. Yeah. And it could be that people are paying even more attention to, um, you know, tone of voice, et cetera, because that's kind of, you know, what they're limited to is, you know, mid-range up um, in terms of what they can see on video, if people have video on. And then, and I do think that actually taking the time to think about some of those things you didn't have to think about before, which is, you know, how is your computer positioned? How are you showing up on that uh, video screen? What are people seeing? What's behind you? You know, what what messages do you kind of want to convey in terms of that presence. It's something that we probably never had to consider in terms of our home offices or our home spaces before. Absolutely. There's no question. Everything right now is communicating. Everything we do is communicating um, something. And I I go back to that idea of trust. Um, And I almost want to say, Grace, uh, Carol, this ties, of course, to your company's name, Grace Social. We need to give people a little bit of grace here. We need to assume good intent. There is uh, the way we're communicating right now is almost again, I, I point out that there's a there's a lot more opportunity for misunderstanding. Somebody doesn't have their camera on. Oh, they must not be engaged. Maybe they don't have their camera on because something's going on in their home or wherever they're working for at that, from at that moment. We need to assume good intent. We need to create a little space for one another. I think the strongest leaders are, are communicating that we're showing we care. Communicating, I, I know with my coaching clients right now, I'm noticing those who are taking the time, I don't want to say they're, you know, taking time to find out how the weekend went, but they're taking time just to slow down and, and to show that they care. Um, they're, they're really being in, very intentional in terms of their presence, how they're showing up. You know, they're getting to the point but they're not, it doesn't mean that they're not taking the time. It doesn't mean that they're over-relying on that very direct, very what, very bottom line communication style. They're flexing, they're adapting their styles. They're creating space for others right now. 
And you also focus in particularly on on women's leadership. What are some yeah. of the things that that women in particular can do to enhance their leadership? Oh, terrific! Terrific question. I I, I think you know I, I think right now women, uh, just like men, have uh, like many of our, our male colleagues, have a lot of competing priorities. Um, and and I think again that opportunity that opportunity to just to be a little bit vulnerable here, to be a little bit more authentic. Even you know I don't know if you can be more authentic, but I, I believe women have that. Uh, women leaders have another opportunity, as do men, but to really think about how they're communicating authentically to this point. This isn't the time to sugarcoat things. This isn't the time to be, you know, sort of stepping back and I've got to protect my team. We need to really think about, and I, I know some terrific women leaders who are being, you know, very much focused on being direct, being very to, very to the point. And yeah, what what are you seeing in terms of, you know, what are you hearing from your coaching clients in terms of how they're seeing, you know, the 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 current situation that we're in, the remote working and the pandemic, you know, the, the protests, all, all of the things that are going on, how are they seeing that show up with, on their teams? I think the world we're, we're living in is... It- is causing stress um, for for many people, and we all experience stress in different ways. Again, we're all you know we're all so different, so we're experiencing it in very different ways. Um, we experience it as a as a whole society, but each of us is, is doing it differently. And what I'm seeing again from my leaders who are challenged right now is to is to sort of look at how to communicate, how to how to shift, adapt their communications um, to get you know to get the most out of their team. I, you know, a coaching client said to me the other day, I, "I'm walking a fine line between." Trying trying to motivate my team and help them move forward and not burn out my team. And I thought, how interesting to see, you know, he, he said, I'm really, he said, I'm just totally intrigued by all the opportunities that are in front of us at this, they, you know, sort of the opportunity to, to do things in different ways. And he said, but it, it, it I'm finding that my, my, I'm having, I'm having trouble getting other people looking at those. I'm finding some of the, you know, my clients challenged by how to, how to flex that, you know, and then, you know, we're also dealing with just the realities of there are some of us who, you know, the, the digital spaces, you know, we used to say, you know, digital natives or some of us generationally, oh, I love technology. There's some of us who are adapters. We look at it. Well, I want to understand all the different technologies that are available to me. So we're seeing the learning learning curve being very different. Again, I'm seeing that that leaders need to, need to really not just show up as. So this presence is not like just, you know, let's let's fake it till we make it. They genuinely are, are looking for ways to be to be empathetic, to show up authentically and to recognize we're different. We're, we're all different. So communicating the, the goals, they're slowing down. They're probably communicating, spending more time communicating than they have in, in if we were being across from each other in the office. Yeah, because I think in the office, there's a sometimes an assumption that that word is getting around or community, you know, and, and once you're remote and folks are not right there, you have to think a little more deliberately about it um, rather than just kind of assuming that the, you know, uh, communication will flow through the organization. Yeah, in terms of that burnout, I've, I've seen some, some articles recently about how, you know, with more and more folks working from home, especially in the association world, you know, certain types of nonprofits, that folks are working longer hours. Since it's all one thing now, work, home, everything together, it's all bleeding together. And how are you seeing leaders manage that? 
that piece and helping people keep that work-life balance. I, I agree with everything you've said, Carol, and I'm observing the, the, the same thing and, and talking with some of my clients. In fact, just this morning, I had a coaching call with a terrific leader. Um, as we were talking through the idea of boundaries, we were you know, uh, sort of noting uh, the fact that she's had to step back and create new quote-unquote norms, new communication norms around her availability. So this idea we're so used to, you send me a message, I'm going to respond. Oh, it texts, it's even more important. I'm going to get right back to you. We need to we need to clarify those communication norms for the world we're in right now. The opportunities here are terrific for teams to be even more effective, more flexible, more adaptive, but without communication norms to help guide them again, right for misunderstanding. Uh, my coaching client was talking about the fact that it feels like 24-7. And in this case, this particular uh, terrific leader has young children. And 24-7 means her, she's always sort of split between one or the other. Uh, you know, is it, is it family am I on, or, or am I on, on work? And she said they're totally integrated. And I think a lot of us are experiencing that cr- crossover. So creating communication norm for our teams is key um, for this for this world, and these are norms that may have long term you know long term impact on the way organizations work and are going to work in the future. Yeah, for sure. And one of the other things that you do is uh, help people be more strategic about their career progression and network. What are some of the things that people can do now without those more traditional networking events to move their career forward in this interesting time we're in? I'm hearing uh, I'm hearing all kinds of exciting things that I wouldn't naturally have a thought of. I enjoy the whole process of going out and, and networking. I've watched some terrific leaders, you know, create really terrific uh, sort of connections with people. And in this, in the space we're in now, there's also the terrific ways of doing it, but it means doing it differently, um, being very intentional about um, perhaps uh, some of the networking groups and opportunities that are out there to, to meet people in the virtual space, to do one-on-one follow-ups. So in terms of career progression and continuing to build out build out our networks in a very strategic way, um, we need to we need to think about um, who are some of the people we do need in our worlds. I, I think I think um, you know right now this isn't a quantity you know, sort of look, I don't believe networking is ever a quantity. It really has to be very strategic and thinking about, you know, what, you know, what do we have to give others? What kind of expertise can we be sharing um, with others? What kind of info do I have that might be helpful to others? And we need to think about what kind of info do what would help me um, continue to build. I, you know, sort of use the sort of a traditional way of what do I have to give here? And then what is it I want to get? What do I want to learn? Though I I mean, get to uh, from a a place of what do I have? What do I want to learn? So online is offering all kinds of opportunities to connect with other people. I'm watching my association clients uh, create unbelievably powerful ways of, of networking online. And then I think it's the one-on-one. I think it's the individual follow-up. Again, it's not about quantity. We need to be incredibly mindful of who we need in our world right now. And I, I dare I say, we also need to be careful about who we don't, who right now we need to protect ourselves from. The, you know, the key piece here is we need to think about our own, you know, we, we control ourselves. It may be one of the only things right now we have 100% control over um, and think about who we need and uh, protect, again, possibly who we need to protect ourselves from. Yeah, it's been interesting since, you know, everything shut down and all the events are now going online. One thing I'm actually seeing in some instances 
uh, some local associations that I had been involved in, you know, now are seeing uh, participation from people across the country, uh, internationally. And then an, another very interesting thing that I, I didn't really think about uh, until I, I, I started doing this is like, as I would be on a Zoom call or whatever networking thing, um, you know, because each each little box the per- usually has someone's name written yeah. there. I'll write all the names down, look the people up in LinkedIn, you know, follow up afterwards if I wanted to connect and have a conversation. And I know that I am following up with and you talked about quality versus quantity. Yeah. But in this case, I'm actually following up with more people from a Zoom event than I would have if it had been an in-person event. Because I I know that I wouldn't, I, I mean, yes, if you can get someone's business card, that's great. But, you know, I'm not going to go around peering at their name tag and yeah. trying to remember what their name was and write it down and then, and then do the follow-up. And so it's actually made it, for me, it's made it easier to be consistent about that. Oh, I, Carol, I love that, that example. We're all so different. And and some of us are, are are thriving in the online world in terms of creating those relationships. And the truth is, you know, it's, it is definitely more challenging uh, for some others. You know, uh, for those of us who are more extroverted, we need to step back and allow other people in the you know online world more opportunity to step up. For those of us who are more introverted, we need to make the time to be able to you know come to something very prepared, ready to ready to contribute. It's not the time to step back online when we step back can't tell you how many times I've heard my coaching clients say things the team seems disengaged and you know we've kind of talked to is it truly disengagement or perhaps are people taking time to think about it so we're, we're building in ways so this idea of some we're building a network in the in the you know virtual space you bet there's going to be some people who are going to thrive in it and I love to hear that you are Carol and I think you have a terrific uh, practice there of you know identifying who for instance is in a zoom or any kind of networking event and then doing the individual follow-up right because um, it's all about those qu- individual conversations I mean the, the event yeah. itself is a is a jumping off point but then um, taking the time to to reach out one one-on-one and the other thing that I've been doing yeah. with that is actually people have been you know the, uh, we'll set something up and like is there a zoom link I'm like no let's just talk on the phone because uh, we're spending so much time on video these days for those one-on-one it's kind of you know it's not necessary to get on video I mean yeah. you know sometimes it's nice uh, but I, I feel like folks are also experienced um, you know, fatigue you from being on so many video calls. So those one-on-ones, I'm definitely just just having a phone conversation and it works uh, just fine. Funny to think that, you know, the, pho- the phone call is becoming, you know, sort of what was old is new again. Pick- picking up the phone is a, it becomes a differentiator. It really allows us to say, I care. It's really different in this world when we're, we all have lots and lots of emails. Um, it, to, to instead pick up a phone is a terrific, is a terrific piece. Uh, and, you know, something that, it's also pretty obvious within here that the meetings that you would set up, uh, you know, a coffee meeting, for instance, was getting yourself to the place, sitting down there, you know, ordering the coffee, you know, all of the pieces that took, you know, it maybe it took uh, 90 minutes to do all that. And now we don't need, you know, we don't need to be on a Zoom meeting for an hour. What was an hour might look like a 22 minute meeting. Um, this is part of the idea of communicating respect and trust and having good intent is this idea of we may not need all this time that we put into it, you know, what's this, I keep on going to the idea of what's the opportunity here that we want to think about in terms of, uh, of communicating, um, you know, what are, what are our opportunities? We may have a whole lot more opportunity to be more strategic in how we're communicating. Um, this isn't about quantity. This is about quality. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll be back after this quick break. Mission Impact is sponsored by Grace Social Sector Consulting. Grace Social Sector Consulting helps nonprofits and associations become more strategic and innovative for greater mission impact. Download free resources on strategic planning, program portfolio review, design thinking, and more at gracesocialsector.com slash resources. We're back on Mission Impact. On each episode, I play a game uh, asking okay. one a random icebreaker question. Ooh. I have a couple here. So what is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? I think everyone at least once in their lifetime should go to a place that's on their bucket list to make that happen in whatever way that is, to be able to experience how other people are living. It just can't be beat. So an opportunity to try some other place, see what it's like. So what what's uh, what are some places on your bucket list? I am a, a absolutely fascinated right now by uh, Vietnam um, and uh, what had been my hope this year to, to get to Vietnam at the end of the year. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna postpone our trip probably another year. Uh, so that's that's I've been reading a, a lot about uh, culture there and opportunities to travel through through the country. I can't wait. So what are you excited about? What's what's up next for you? Kind of what's emerging in your work? Oh, th- oh, thanks so much for, for asking. The biggest changes for, for me is, um, I, I, of course, a lot of our the executive coaching work I do with association and organization, other than nonprofit and organizational leaders, is, is gone very virtual. Uh, so I miss, the, I miss the in-person connection, but we do a, a much more Zoom than used Zoom for a long time, but now we're doing a lot more Zoom. Um, but we're moving with some of the group work I do with teams. So trying to continue to, to build on that and find ways to work with teams in the, in the, in the virtual space. Um, again, I don't think that's going to be short term. Um, I, I think, you know, when, when, when we move through this, and of course we will, I, I don't, I think things will, will look a little bit different and the way I'll work with teams will look different. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited, really excited thinking about that. I've, I've had a, a women, a group of women leaders that gather over a four month training program uh, focused on their executive presence as association nonprofit leaders. And we're going to take that program virtually. Uh, uh, later this year. So I'm pretty excited about that as well. That's great. Awesome. And how can people find more about you and get in touch? Link in with me. If we haven't linked in, I'd love to connect with you that way. Post things there and check out my web- website, which our company, again, at my company is called Communication Matters, uh, but our website is calmmatters.com. That's triple M, C-O-M-M, matters.com. Uh, I look forward to connecting with folks. All right. Well, thank you so much. Carol, thank you so much. Really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find the links and resources mentioned during the show in the show notes at missionimpactpodcast.com slash show notes. That's missionimpactpodcast, all one word, dot com slash show notes. We want to hear from you. Take a minute to give us some feedback or ask a question at missionimpactpodcast.com slash feedback. Thanks and see you next time.